Good morning, church family. Glad that you're here. If you will please turn with me to James chapter 5. And we are looking at verse 13 this morning. James chapter 5, 13. How many of you in this room will love to take a test? There's a couple, okay? Overachievers, but that's good. That's a good thing. Okay, no one really wants to do a test, but it's okay to take a test if it's if you know the answers for one, and then if it's a simple test. Remember as a kid, you just matched across the, you know, on the page. You matched whatever pairs you had to match. Uh, multiple choice is always a go-to for me. Like, those are my favorite tests to ever take. Uh, fill in the blank is okay, because you know you have the one word you have to put in there, or a phrase, but the killers are the essays, right? Those essay questions that you have to write out. And then the key is, students, by the way, especially in college, get to know your professor, get to know your teacher. Because an essay or a paragraph, is that like a couple of sentences, or do they want a five-pager? Like, you've got to kind of gauge the professor to see what grade you want. But yet you could write forever and not really know the answer or have the right answer. So take me back to keeping it simple, uh, keeping it super short and sweet, with just a one-word answer is all that you require from, from me, right? Okay, that's kind of a cop-out. But James is kind of helping us out this, today. Uh, James has presented a couple of scenarios with a one-word, one-short-phrase answer. So read with me James chapter 5, verse 13. And here's how it goes. And, and we are, as we are wrapping up James, into the section of, of prayer what our faith life looks like with prayer, what our prayer life looks like because of our faith. Uh, So verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? What does James say? Pray. Okay, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is that the right answer? Absolutely. Okay, it's not so easy sometimes. So let's dig in and take a look at what that means. And this, the suffering range and the cheerful range, uh, we're going to talk about the good times and the bad times. That's everything in our, in our life, right? We can take any situation, any emotion, any relationship, any job, whatever we're doing, we'll go into, into two categories, either good times or bad times, right? It's, it's, you're either suffering through a situation or, you know what? Life's pretty good. Uh, and so Jane, this, this, covers our entire life and who we are. And in every situation, James is saying we need to keep our relationship with Jesus focused on him. Uh, Because when we're focused on him, we know we can go to him in prayer and we we know that we can sing praises. So let's talk about the bad times. Uh, James is like, in bad times, pray. Uh, The Greek word there, suffering, uh, to endure infliction, to suffer trouble. And that's everything in our life, our emotions, our physical life, our relationships, our finances, our um, different emotions that we're going through, we did, our life can be difficult. And there are some bad times that we go through that we suffer and endure. And we've talked over the past few months through James that these trials that we go through aren't necessarily from consequences of our sin, like God tests us. Uh, God tests us in our trials. He wants to continue to challenge us in our faith because we're not going to grow in our faith unless we can prove our faith against 
some of the suffering and hard times in our life. So we know that that God's in the midst of all of that. We also deal with the consequences of our sin when we do mess up. We are we are going to have to deal with consequences of our sin, and that's going to provide and bring suffering in our life. But God uses our trials for our faith and to test our faith. And turn with me to 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13. Here's a reminder that, that we are going to have that, and we shouldn't be surprised by trials. We shouldn't, we've talked about, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we all accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, and in the power of Jesus Christ and His shed blood and the power of the Holy Spirit and God the Father at work in our life, life should be easy, right? If God's on our side and got our back, life, we should be cruising through life. But we know that that's not the case. So to read with me First Peter 4, verses 12 through 13. And it says this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Like, don't be surprised. Like, God, what happened? You know, life got hard all of a sudden. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Christ, the glory of Jesus Christ is going to be in our life through the hard times, through the bad times. So pray. We have an amazing privilege and honor and gift that God has given us to go to him, to go to the throne of God with our prayers, to have communication with God the Father. And that's through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. His shed blood allowed us to enter into a relationship with God, and we have all access to him. Uh, We have all access to anything in life that we can bring to him in prayer. And so this amazing gift that we have, and instead of complaining I know not everyone complains immediately when bad things happen. That's probably just me. So pray for me. Uh, but if we kind of just stop and think, you know what? God's there. I'm going to give this to God and let him give me the strength and power to get through that. And I know we're all sitting there. Okay, pastor, we know we need to pray, right? We're all in agreement that we need to pray. Here's my question to us, including me. Is prayer our first response in bad times? Is that our default? When things hit us, is that, oh, I'm going to pray about this. And then I've got to endure, right? Or do we kind of grumble and moan and complain? That's me, right? Pity party. Anyone enjoy a good pity party for a while? All right. Or you're like, God, why is this happening to me? And you know my default phrase, right? Seriously, God? Like another thing in my life? I don't need this. And so that's that's my default. But James is like, our default, the easy answer is pray. Go to God and pray. And when we get into conflict, and, and I'm going to hit us with some scenarios of, of our life. When we, are in, when we have a conflict with a spouse or someone at home, a sibling, children, is our default to kind of stop and take a breath, pray about it, before reacting, okay? Cameron's here in this room, so I'm not even looking on that side of the room. But, or do we stop and pray, God, let me be a godly example to my kids, to my spouse, and how I react in this situation? And 
that's the right answer, right? We know that, but we don't always do that. It's not our default. God, check my anger. Help my emotions stay in check. Let me come to you first before I deal with whatever situation it is. Do we pray that God's glorified in that situation? Is God glorified in how we are interacting with our family and our loved ones and those around us? Um, when we're at work and we have a big project coming up and there's some stress or there's a coworker you got to deal with, you know, is our default to, be, to stop for a moment and just pray? We don't have to get on our knees and bow down. Do we pray about it? Uh, and I want you... To, want us to turn to uh, someone in, a, in Scripture that kind of gave us this example. By the way, he's the shortest man in the Bible. Do you know who that is? Nehemiah. Thank you. You guys were better than the first the first service. So turn with me to Nehemiah chapter or Nehemiah two. Now I'm going to say Nehemiah. Nehemiah two verses two through five. Here is Nehemiah. It's been seventy years in exile. Uh, the the temple has been rebuilt in Jerusalem, and they were able to worship God and, and be in the temple, but the city of Jerusalem has not been built up yet. Uh, and here is Nehemiah. He's a cupbearer to King Antaxerxes. I was working on all, that all week. He's a cupbearer to the king, and he knows he needs to ask the king permission to go in to help rebuild the city. Uh, and he's pretty stressed about it. So read with me Nehemiah 2, verses 2 through 5. Here's a situation at work that he is, he's pretty stressed. Um, who knows what the king, how the king's going to react. He could lose his life. Uh, and it's obvious. It's all over his face. So read Nehemiah 2, verses 2 through 5. And he, the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing that you're not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. So the king even realizes his, Nehemiah's whole demeanor is stressed out. And Nehemiah says, then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, well, what are you requesting? So now it's Nehemiah's time to say something to the king. What does Nehemiah do? He stops and prays. He says, that, um, so I prayed to the God of heaven, and then I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. So here's Nehemiah. Now, I don't think he kind of said, hold up, king, let me come over here and, and get on my knees and bow my head and pray. No, it was the quick prayer. Probably in his, in his mind. All right, God, here's my opportunity. Help me out in this situation. Is that our default? Knowing that, by the way, a little secret, we don't have to bow our head and close our eyes to pray. Now, it's, it's very um, honoring and respectful in certain situations. Definitely please don't do it while you're driving. Do you know that we can talk to God anytime, anywhere, anyhow? Like, that's the beauty of this relationship that we have with God. And so, are we doing that in, in situations in life? When we drop off the car at the auto shop, do we pray for our mechanic to do good work? Or are we stressed out that we're going to have to have an argument over the bill? Okay? When we go for medical care, do we pray for the doctor and the staff and the medicine to work? And for them to have wisdom? 
Do we need to make a, when we make a major purchase or dealing with finances, do we stop and pray, God help me to be a good steward of my finances? But every situation in life, God is there. And his plan for us is greater than our plan. So let's stop and pray. But if you're like me, it's a last resort. Situation comes up. I've got to deal with someone. I've got to fix this. And so I do all my work. I do all my, my research and I get everything's ready and, and get everything on my own. And then it's like, Oh, I should probably pray about that. Right? Let's pray first. Let's react first with prayer and then deal with our situations. And so we plan, we work hard, but here's a key that prayer acknowledges that we are totally dependent on God. We've talked about keeping our eyes focused on God and traced on him. If we are focused on Jesus in our relationship, that's going to be the normal default because he's right there. Uh, so let prayer be our first response. And then what should we pray? Um, sometimes we don't know the right words to say in a prayer, but what should we pray? And when it is suffering an encounter that we know that we're going to have to endure and suffer through the the first easy prayer that i think of is lord get me out of here like make that situation go away i don't want to deal with it just make it go away that and that's a fair prayer i mean we've got an open relationship with god right i'll be honest uh so that's usually our go-to but what about lord what's your will what's your plan hospital visits as a pastor to go Absolutely, I'm going to pray for healing. Absolutely, I'm going to pray for God's healing hands to work a miracle and a wonder in the the body of that person I'm going to go visit. But I also need to pray for God's will. Because it might be God's will that that person is going through a trial that God needs them to go through. That person is is enduring suffering for a reason that we don't know, and but God does. So I also have to pray for God's will. I also have to pray for his strength and his grace on who that person is to endure through that situation. So the easy outs, all right, let's pray for those, but also let's pray bigger that God's will is covered and God's will will be glorified in that situation. And here are some other things that kind of to pray when, when life gets bad. One is to pray for wisdom. Back up in James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Here's another one. What about praying for the ability to endure with joy? Okay, and we're talking joy, God joy, not happiness, cheerfulness. We're, we're going to get to that in a minute. True joy. Back up in James 1, 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you, you meet trials of various kinds. He didn't say when you have the good times in life, it's the bad times. What about praying for patient endurance? I know it's scary to pray for patience. Talked about Job and the prophets. But what does Isaiah 40, 31 say? That but they who wait for the Lord, that's being pretty patient, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then what about praying that God's work in our life is revealed? It's our testimony. David gave us a great testimony of a situation in his life that wasn't perfect. It was some bad times if he was to put it in that category. But God used that. And God's glory came out of that. And we see that now in David's testimony. 
That's our testimony when God brings us through. John 9, 3, and here's, here's the story of Jesus healing a blind man with the mud pies, if you remember. And Jesus said, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Know that our trials are suffering. God's going to use that. God's works in our life is going to be an amazing testimony. Okay? It's terrible in the, in the instant that you're in there. Absolutely. It's horrific. You pray that no one has to go through that, but know that God's will is in, in place and know that God's going to use that story from your voice later. That's amazing. That is, that is, a picture of our relationship with God that he has a plan for our life. We may not understand it, but that's where he's going to lead us and he's going to use it for his glory. And sometimes we don't know what to pray, do we? We don't have the words. That's okay. I want you to remember one word when you can't remember anything else to pray. That's Jesus. That's all you need to say. Jesus. If you don't know the words... You don't have the emotion. You are just numb from the experience that you just went through. And you have nothing. All you have to say is Jesus. He knows our heart. The Holy Spirit will interpret the deep groanings of our soul for his glory. All we need is Jesus. We don't have to be all wordy. We don't have to be this amazing wordsmith. This five-page essay question of prayer. It's Jesus. Plain and simple. And know that as we have this opportunity to live our life with the good times and the bad times, that prayer won't always remove the problem, but prayer will remind us who provides the grace and strength to get us through it. So that's the bad times in life. Now let's talk about the good times. In good times, James says, sing praises. Hey, good times being cheerful is that you're in a good mood, life is all peachy keen, uh, all is well. And James is like, sing praises. Like, still give honor to God, even in the good times. And singing praises, the original Greek word, meant to touch or strike a chord, uh, to twang the strings, okay? That sounds real country hit kind of twang. And it was beautiful this morning. So that was a very much a God thing. And not all of us can play a stringed instrument, right? There are times that, that I attempted the ukulele with not all of my effort. Okay, might have given it like a couple of days. Um, but I'm glad now that I have the ability to sing. And that, that word in the Greek not only meant stringed instruments, it, uh, over time became singing with stringed in- instruments and then just to sing, uh, to sing praises. And that's a, a gift from God also, that we have the ability to express our faith vocally and with our voice in singing. And all of you sounded amazing. I popped my little in-ear out when John let all of you just sing, and it was beautiful. I'm just saying. I told Bob First Service, we need like choir mics out here uh, so those at home can hear it. But we don't, even in our worship, it's not just for Sundays. Our worship time is everywhere and anywhere we go. Just like prayer, we can sing praises wherever. Now, not everyone should be singing out loud by yourself, okay? Make sure your car windows are up and the, the radio's... No, I'm just kidding. Well, some... No, never mind. 
Um, but know that we don't even have to sing out loud. We talked about praying, that we can kind of pray in our mind. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 14, 15. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. Okay, I can pray just thinking about it. <clears throat> and then it goes on to say, I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. We can sing praises wherever we go, whatever we're doing. Now, here's my question again. Is it our first response? When life is so good, how focused really are we on God? Hey, it's easier when life's hard for us to focus on God. God, I need help. When life's great, it's like, man, I got this. No problem at all. And it's almost more difficult to focus on God and our relationship with him and what Jesus is doing in our life and sing praises when life is good. And the response of our flesh tends to forget what God has done for us. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 6, verses 10 through 12. Here is Moses warning the Jews about they are about to go into this promised land. They have endured through so many trials and tests. Now they get to enter into the promised land. Moses knew what was going to happen. So read with me Deuteronomy 6, verses 10 through 12. It says this, When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of all good things that you did not fill, cisterns that you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full. So they're walking into a sweet deal. Like, life is good. You know, we can say life is good, but their life is like really good about what they're about to experience. And Moses warns them, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. So here's our situation. When life is good, it's easy to kind of just slide through, show up to church all happy, but truly sing praises to God. We have a great event that we do once a month, and that's Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper is that remembrance of Christ Jesus. And how often sometimes do we come and life is good and we just kind of fly through that? It's truly a reminder of our salvation. It's not taking what Christ did on the cross for granted. It is a reminder of the true wretched being that we were. And then we were saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross for us to enter into a relationship with him and to have access to God the Father through prayer and for the Holy Spirit to be available to us. We should never forget that. And even when life is great, we've got to continue to be reminded to sing praises and to understand who God is. So what if we kind of put all this together? Because I think it all goes together. So let me give you this. Pray and sing praises all the time. Pray and sing praises good times and bad times. Let's kind of transpose the phrases in verse 13. Let me reread uh, James 5.13 to you says, is any among you suffering? Let him sing praises. Is any of you cheerful? Let him pray. Okay, we get to do both. And both situations in life, the good times and the bad times, allow us to interact in our relationship with Jesus. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always. Okay, there's our singing. Pray without ceasing. There's our prayer. 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is a will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is our faith. This is our relationship with Jesus, that we, in the good times and bad times, have complete access to him. And it's not easy to sing in the good times or sing in the bad times. And I understand that. But sometimes music can be a soothing gift that God's given us. When we just need to put music on, I can't pray. I can't think life's whatever. I just need to put some some music on. And there's some amazing, beautiful Christian music uh, that we can do worship with. Think of Paul and Silas. Here's Paul and Silas in prison. Okay, they definitely need to pray to kind of get help. But what else did they do? They sang. Okay, and God listened and answered. So we have the opportunity to pray and sing, or sometimes we can sing even in our in our deepest suffering because we've got to continue to pursue joy. His joy comes from our relationship with Christ Jesus. And so that's okay. And James' point of all of this is that the good times and the bad times stay focused on Jesus. And when we're focused on Jesus, we want to talk to him and we want to praise him. And that's the key of this whole verse. Psalm 34, 1 through 3 says, kind of wraps us up as we close. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. In prayer and singing our praises. God is in all in with us. We've talked about this. He is all in in our life. Every situation that we're going through, the good times, the bad times, every nook and cranny of our mind and our soul and our body, God is all in with. And we can take our whole life and put them in those two categories of the good times and bad times and know that we have access to God in both. And he wants us desperately to seek him in everything that our life is. So let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning, this reminder that you have given us this life. You have you have our life planned out. You know what's coming next. You know where we've been. You know where we are. Father, I pray that we work that much harder today and tomorrow in our coming days and weeks and years to make our default to come to you first to make our default to go to you in prayer, to sing praises in our life for all that you have provided. Father, help us as we continue to struggle, continue to celebrate whatever life, where we are in life at this moment. I thank you for, op- for loving us, for us to have an opportunity to be in this relationship with you, this faith that is real, uh, this faith that continues to amaze us because of who you are. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.